This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What's going on, people? Welcome to another live Palace Focus. I'm joined by T and Stan here to talk all the latest thing worth Palace. And of course, we're going to be talking about that City game, going to be talking about some news as well. Eze is back. And can JP be potentially leaving the club in the upcoming window? And also, finally, we'll be looking ahead to the Wolves game as well. So it's going to be a jam-packed show. As always, we want to hear from you. So make sure to leave down your comments. And if you want to join and turn on your webcam and let us, let us know your thoughts like that, then the link will be posted in the live section in just a second. So you can click on it, have your say, whether you agree or disagree with us. But look, it's going to be an exciting show. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined us so far. And also make sure to leave a like and subscribe. You already know how it goes. Um, we'll be doing great this weekend and I appreciate everyone's support so far. Guys... City, look, this is what, I'll be honest with you. Every time I've been doing the thumbnails and editing videos, I have to hold my hands up. I've been writing City 2, Palace 0, because it just doesn't feel right. Like, we, that's the normal scoreline that happens. But City 0, <laughs> Palace 2, what a three points to come and grab away at home. What a performance. But um, I'll start with you, Stan. You must have been... Of course, you are over in America watching it with the other guys um, in Toronto as well, other Palace fans. You must have been buzzing about that scoreline back home. Mate, I mean, what can I say, man? It was it was like heart in mouth for 86 minutes until Gallagher got the second. But it wasn't just the scoreline, mate. It was the performance. It was the the professionalism of every player on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah, absolutely. Um, like the like, and it it was the meltdown of City players as well. Like going one nil down, Zaha rattling them, and he got under their skin. And it wasn't because he was being a dick; it was just because he was he was just better than them. He was causing them problems, you know. And and that you know there were the, the half time thing when they were all going over to him and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and you know putting you know putting that, you know, a decent centre-half in Laporte under pressure and, and, and getting him sent off and just the whole manner of the performance, I think, was just, it's just a culmination. I know that obviously we spoke about the centre-backs before, but it's been coming. It has been coming and 
look, you're going to be under the cosh with these guys, but what? I mean, what a game! What a game, man! Yeah. Uh, before I move on to T to get his thoughts on the game, I've just posted the link. Um, so if you guys want to join, I'll post it again because I'm not too sure if that will work. But if you guys want to join and have your say, feel free. Look, Palace right now is T. We're just, it feels like a refreshing season. Like we've been waiting for this moment for years. Um, Roy Hodgson, of course, done his thing with us keeping us up. But we always wanted to push on to the next level. And Patrick Vieira has, um, you know, finally given us a fresh breath of air. But talking about Patrick Vieira, let's talk about the squad selection. Let's start with there with the City game. Ayu and Kuyate started. And for me, not Ayu that was a shock. It was Kuyate that was a shock. Because personally, I'll hold my hands up. I said it before the game as well. I wasn't too sure whether Kuyate was the right man. Because he hasn't been playing particularly good this season in midfield, in my personal opinion. Yes, it's a game of opinions. Others might disagree with me. But was you surprised by it, T, by both of them coming into the lineup? Personally, I thought IU might come in because of what Patrick said in the live post-match show um, after the Newcastle game, saying that IU offers more defensive cover. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was creative for me. I was caught off guard by it at first. But the more I thought about it, the more sense it made. Because you think about it, and when you have that defensive midfielder, he can be one of two players usually. He can be a destroyer that shields the back four, or he can be a, a ball distributor, good passer who sits behind and distributes from the back, kind of controls the play. In a game against Man City, we're not going to have that the usage of a, a player who's just going to spray the ball around, distribute. He's not going to have that opportunity because more than likely we're not going to have the majority of the possession. Therefore, having Luca back there probably wasn't going to be the thing that we wanted to do along with the fact that Luca has his own defensive um, deficiencies. So he, he went with the, the destroyer model with Kuyate trying to break up play. He's like, let me just put a guy back there who's going to break up play, who when we attack will sit back in almost a back three almost now with, with our two center backs. And we can just let our, our, our fullbacks push up. Let those three sit back, and Kuyate's job is simple, man. Destroy, break up play. So, I mean, after I thought about it more, it made more sense. Stan, you've been talking about IU loads, yeah? You've been on his case, talking about how he hasn't been good enough, how he's been this and that. And, yes, you do have a point. Look, no one here is going to deny he did, it. He did yeah. miss a sitter in the second half. Oh, geez. All right. Before we get on to that, before we get <laughs> on to that, Oliver leaves a message saying this as well. Stan, how would Jordan, Jordan are you on Saturday? Um, do you understand it, though, Stan? Because I know you've yeah. been massively critical of Ayu, but do you understand how he can be useful in these type of games? Yeah, he and he, look, he did his job. He played very, very well against a good team. You know what he did do as well, though, which I really, really liked, was that I think it was minute two or minute three. He Was it Grillish he went in on? Or he went in on one of them and he fucking smashed him. He smashed him. And he took the book in, but he let them know that we're here. He's like, you know what? We're here. We're up for that was That was Grealish. That was yeah. Grealish. And he went yeah. in on him. Grealish rolled around, obviously, theatrical, whatever. Yep. He went in on him. And took the book in, like I said. And I was like, you know what? I rate that. Like, I rate when you do that. Because um, 
it's how can you say it? like I think that they were rattled. They were rattled. He, like took the book in. Yeah, you had to be careful after that. But like he put a shift in, mate. Fair play to him. Like I said, credit where credit's due. Like he deserves a lot of credit for his performance on Saturday. He was excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's comments flying in about other lineup selections as well, and um, it's about Zaha and Edward. I think this was another shock for me. Zaha, when you when when I saw Zaha on the lineup. I thought, yes, he's playing out wide, Edwards mm -hmm. up front. But Vieira yeah. changed it about. Mm -hmm. And we've said it so far. Vieira likes to, you know, not go with the same thing over and over again. He likes changes. He likes to cause other teams problems by making them think twice. And in this game, T, mm -hmm. you saw Zaha start up front and Edwards start out wide. Yep. Do you think it did work out in the end? It did. It did. It definitely did. And it, and it showed in the very first goal. Um and I, me and Patrick talked a little bit about this on the uh, match reaction. Um, I think the move by PV to put Wolf up top was probably something that he that, that PV saw in film of Manchester City and their center backs and probably said to himself, you know what? Their center backs struggle with pacey center forwards. And by putting Wolf in that position, it automatically put – those two were Ruben Diaz and John Stones in a really tough situation because now not only do you have a guy who's a who's a good finisher as he showed, you got a guy who's who's pacey, who is tricky, that's going to give them trouble through the middle. So I think that might have been one of the reasons why he decided to make that move and a, a masterclass move it was honestly. Yeah, Mike agrees with you as well. He says, Wilf centrally, a stroke of genius. As well as doing the unexpected, it took Wilf away from Walker, who has usually nullified, nullified him. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I agree. And whenever Wilf did come across Walker, it, it did seem not a struggle, but it was much harder for him. And it caused City defenders problems. We'll be talking about the red card later on in the show. But Wilf in, in the central areas, he can run out wide. He can run through the middle. He's got mm -hmm. skill. He's got the pace. It just made them think extra. If Wolf played out wide, it would have been so easy for City to send two, three players out wide and trap him in them corners. Yep. But because it was in them central areas, they couldn't do that. They had a problem all game long. And I thought, and I agree, it was tactical genius from Vieira. And it's something so simple as well that managed to help us massively. Um, Zach agrees with Mike as well. And then uh, Bernan says Ward is having a great season. We'll be talking about Joel Ward as well. And Louis says Connor loves at this club. You can tell he keeps talking about celebrating in front of the way fans after the match. And Rocky says Eagles. <laughs> um, Keep me alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so talking about Will, let's move on um, to his fifth-year Premier League goal for the club. Look, Stan, it seems like Will is loving life at the club, and for many seasons. We've seen it. He wants out. It's no shock. It's no surprise. Whenever we've seen the rumours, we know that at this point it is true. He did want to leave the club. But this is a massive but. Do you think there's a possibility of Wilf signing a contract extension at the club? And hear me out. Before, there was no ambition really at the club. You saw it. We was playing, you know, we wasn't trying to really go and achieve things. It was the same thing over and over again. Relying on Wilf. We barely had any good technical players like that. We've improved the squad. We've improved the manager who wants to go and win. Do you think right now, if you're Wilfred Zaha, you might be considering an extension, considering that you're about 28, going to turn into 29. You're, have, you're playing your best football at Palace. And if you were to move to, onto a bigger club, 
then there's no guarantee you of starting or even having a proper game time because competition is high. Do you think Vieira coming into a club has changed Wolves' mentality going forward? Um, 100%. I think he is he's more settled. There's more, there's more to him. Um, he's playing amazing football. He loves it. You know what? Like, he kind of is the main man and he always will be, but he kind of isn't in a way as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's players that can do more. And you look at, like, you know, like you just said, like, they, they, they put Wilf up top. They played Edward on the wing. Do you know what I noticed about Edward, though? When that ball's being lumped up from the goal kicks by Guaita, Edward's winning the headers. Yeah. Like, he's very good in there. You expect for him to be able to jump and win those headers and take it down, bring it around, etc., etc. Like, there was just so much more to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We got Nick here. Nick, as I always say, you're the you're the legend of the show. You you always have to tune in and you're always here. And that's why you're a legend. If you want yeah. to tune in like Nick, the um, link is in the comment section in the comment section. So just click on it and you can come on and have your say. You don't even have to have your webcam on. You can just have you can just come on and just show, uh, share your voice with us. So make sure to click the link, join in with us, and keep sending in your comments. I'll be reading them out. Nick, of course, I spent the whole day with you um on Saturday. Yeah. What a win, but what stood out to you the most in that game? The fact that we've got a manager, hello Stan, by the way, yeah, uh, the fact that doing? we've got a manager who is full of lots of different ideas, looks at the opposition, thinks, right, I need to do this for this game. I've got players that I know can come on and change games. And I can fool the opposition manager because they ain't going to know what I'm going to do from one week to the next. That's what I've taken away from, from well, we've played 10 games, quarter of the way through the season. And, you know, you, the title of this show is we've got our palace back. And we have. It's, it's just so wonderful. I've seen every game so far and I'm going to try and do the whole season, which I've never done. That's how good it is. We've got our little group, haven't we, DR? There's four of us that travel up in your little Audi. And suddenly, more and more people from the back of the nest posse want to come up. We're going to move to two cars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we've got, they all want to come down. Little... They all want to come down now, yeah? <laughs> yeah, they all, want, they all want to come and watch the palace. So it's it's just phenomenal. Um, Kuwati, what a game he had. Screen in the front of that defence. Playing as a centre-back, as a centre-defensive midfield. Ably supported by the man who didn't stop running, Jimmy Mack. And that true box-to-box midfielder, Conor Gallagher, that I think every team in the country will want. We have got to go all out to try and get him in the January transfer window. Even if we pay 40, 50 million for him. I I chatted on the um, Match Report pod about him. And they said, well, what if he goes? I said, well, we've got Eze in the, uh, waiting in the, in the uh, sidelines now. He's played for the under-23s and uh, possibly could fill that role. But I think it's of the utmost importance that we try and get Conor Gallagher. Uh, we've I got a question here from Moses. We've got a question here from Moses. Um, he asks, it's a bit off topic, would you take Aaron Wambasaka back at Palace? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, if we can get him back to twenty five million, make a make a nice profit. Uh, yeah. Because I don't think he's been given 
is in the right environment to um, develop as a player because I think I've said it before that Man United, you're expected to be the, the, the complete player if you're going to play under Solskjaer. And I'm not sure that Solskjaer's a good manager for developing, and neither were the previous managers. You know, he's, he's, we, at Palace, he was allowed to make mistakes without being coated for it. But Man United is going to get coated for every single little mistake. This, look, I think you, you've got to look at it with... Um... Like a little bit off the subject, but look at Grealish. Villa main man got away with mistakes, you know, but he was the main man. You know, City fans on Twitter, they're chirping Villa. They're like, can you just take him back? Can you just take him back? Can you take Jack Grealish back? He's rubbish. He's, you know, when you get to that level, it's a different kettle of fish, man. It's a bit of a discredit to Joel Wood as well, saying, can you take Grealish back? Because... Uh, we'll be talking about Grealish and Wardy's um, performance there, but I thought Joel Wood had a, a, a brilliant game. He had a brilliant oh, game, and we'll be discussing oh, that later on in the show as well. But before we do, Jay says, Will, best ever Palace player of all time. There's no debate for me. He 100%. is Sir Wilfred Zaha. He is Mr. Crystal Palace for me. Do you guys agree? Yes. 100%. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm an old kid. But I get this, Nick. I get this. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's best, but favorite is Vince Lair or Ian Wright. Right, Ian Wright. No way. No, absolutely. I was talking to somebody the other day um, about the Blackburn playoff game in '89, where he he sent us up with his 33rd goal of the season. Who's that? Righty. Ian Wright. Yeah. You know what? I'd never forgive him for what he did when he left, mate. Never forgive him. I was, I was at Highbury when he kissed the bag. But, so you know, footballers are mercenaries. So was I, mate. He's no legend. He's no club legend to me, mate. Never forgive. Never. Judas, get out. I think I, I think in yeah. and, and that type of storyline is the kind of thing that kind of takes away from what you're saying with Ian Wright's legacy with us compared to a guy like Wilf, who, you know, yeah, he did go away. But in his story with coming back, and things like that. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's. I just think the individual that he is, like Wilf, yeah. not only is he an absolutely class baller, like, let's be realistic. As a player, he single-handedly pretty much saved... He's the player that single-handedly pretty much saved this club. Let's think about it, right? For many not seasons. Only for years, right? We wouldn't have gone up if it wasn't for him. Like, he's a once-in-a-generation type of player. You'll bring great players through that academy. Do you think you'll see another Zaha in our lifetime? I don't think we will. Maybe. I think do. we will. I think we will because you saw the academy open last week. That place looks astonishing. Now, if you think about it, how many players from South London have gone on as juniors at other teams simply because they've got better academies and better facilities. Now we've got that there, we've got, we're going to draw players in from that catchment area. Now we've got PVA playing the type of football that we're playing. People are going to want to sign as young players for Palace now. I truly believe that. And I think actually, Wilf is just the start of something that's going to get better and better. Maybe. I truly do. Uh so we got a comment from Colin. He says, "Hey guys, you good? Um, Wolf can Wolf can see now our progression and caliber of players we have in now. He's happy we can win and something going forward." Um, that's Wolf with Zara chat there. Um, 
let's quickly move on to the second goal as well, Nick, uh, before you head off and quickly get your thoughts on this man here. And he is, look, he only came on for what, five minutes again, six minutes. But every <laughs> single time he is on the pitch, he causes yeah, trouble. It doesn't matter how long he plays, whether it's 45 minutes, whether it's two minutes or three minutes, he will do something. And it's getting beyond ridiculous now. But once again, for Palace's second goal, um, he's dribbling there, just turning John Stones inside out, just sending him to the shops. And then also afterwards, assisting Conor Gallagher with the goal. Like, Elise, describe him in less than 10 words, Nick. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> He's, he is. I mean, how old is he? He's younger than you, dear. Yeah, he's 19. 19. You know, he's 19. What are we building at this team? It, it, it's just it's just incredible, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. and, and that's going to help keep Wilf because Wilf isn't going to be the big fish in a small pond anymore, is he? He's, he's taking some of the pressure off of Wilf and I honestly, uh, hyperbole here, but if we ain't if we ain't pushing for Europe next season, I'll eat me socks. <laughs> Jeez, and you know the funny thing is, everyone is watching this. Nick is always the one when we talk about Europe. He's always the one to remind you, don't jinx it, don't jinx it. And now you have Nick saying we're going to be pushing for. We're going to be pushing for Europe, which is kind of crazy. And it shows the level. Nick is the last guy to say that. Trust me. Yeah. Nick, he's the last guy to say that. And now you have him saying it. That's a VR effect at the club. Nick um, is talking about it for next year. Honestly, I think we can have a shot this year. We're talking about seventh place in, 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 in the league. Maybe, right, even eighth, so. maybe even eighth place, depending on what happens you, with you, other you, things. You're saying like, that. Yeah, see, you think about we, the guys we played. If yeah, we get to Europe. Played, Oh my god! <laughs> like I'm not even who we like, played. We've only lost two. Who what, have we got what... in the next eight games? But this will be the test, though. Let's yeah. see how it goes first, because this will be the test. And we'll be talking about the Wolves game later on in the show. But Nick, thank you for joining us. As always, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I spoke to you for like ten hours on Saturday, speaking to you here as well. You, I speak to you more than my family at times. Um, but we'll be going to we'll be going to another away game together soon. Well, in about three weeks' time at Burnley. So yeah, pleasure That's having you on the show, tag, man. Yeah, pleasure pleasure on having you on the show. Nick, and yeah, see you later, Nick. Always a pleasure, Nick. Man, take it easy, brother. Yeah, that was Nick here. Um, let's continue talking about Elise. Keep sending in your chats. I'll be trying to read them out quickly. Let's read out Collins. We have a team of players we can rely on instead of just depending on Wilf. It is also good that Zaha has players around him who can supply him too. We've got another caller in the show. Ahmed, thank you for joining us. Um, what would you like to say? Hello? We're just silent. Maybe you're on mute. We can't hear you. Well, we'll try to bring him on in just a second. Maybe he's having mic issues. I'm not really too sure, but we couldn't hear Ahmed there. Um, to keep talking about Elise here. So he is one of the... I, I don't know who else is better than him coming off the bench in the Premier League. I'll just say that. He's a they massive... Say he's got the best stats. They said he's got the best stats of anybody coming off the bench um, as far as what he's doing. So, But he's more than capable of starting. So... T, I know we're going to be talking about talking about him in a Wolves game, but if you're Vieira, surely you have a 
massive headache. Does Elise um, suit certain games more than others? Is that why Vieira didn't start him against City, but might be starting him against Wolves? I think. I, I think. I think that's what it's coming to. I think that's what it's coming to. I think. I think Patrick Vieira is looking at things holistically and seeing he's he's paying attention to the matchup we have combined with the talents and abilities of the players we have on our team, which is a stark contrast from what we've had in the past. In the past, it's just like field the best 11 that you can all the time, regardless, like across the board, especially when it comes to our front four guys, just get the best guys out there that can, that, that can put up goals for us. But now, you know, you have a coach that has the – you have a manager who has the ability to – analyze a matchup and he has the squad depth to say who do i have that suits the needs that we have going into this particular match and then fielding the team so i guess at this point it's kind of like if it makes sense he'll start i think he's just putting him like gradually 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 um but i'm telling you when he's got two or three games behind him full 90 minutes Think he's good now? If he keeps playing the way he does as an impact sub, like <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm worried. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I, I feel like teams are going to notice him. Yeah, he's, he's 19. He was yeah. linked with Bayern Munich before he joined us. Like right. his talent has always been there. You know what the thing is now, though. Like I wouldn't. I'm not worried about it. I'm not because these are players the club can sell and you can replace. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. This isn't like, oh my god, don't sell Wolf because we'll go down. <clears throat> don't do this or don't do that. That's not the case anymore. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. yeah, clubs will notice him. Clubs will notice all our players. Um, there's a reason. There's a massive buyback clause in Mark Gay's contract for Chelsea, and they've got first refusal on him and stuff like that. Because the potential of these players, these are ballers, mate. Like they are mm-hmm. absolute ballers. Mm. We've got we've got a comment from Louis. Um, we need to get a new keeper ASAP. Just quickly on Vicente Guaita, I wasn't thinking of talking about much um, today. Um, T, do you think there was any problems with Guaita on the weekend? The only thing that I might be uh, that Louis might be upset about or might be saying that is due to his distribution. At times, he had to kick it out, and he's mm-hmm. not the best on his feet. But do you think mm-hmm. we need a new keeper as soon as possible? Uh, I wouldn't say as soon as possible. Um, I guess. It- I guess for us as soon as possible is January, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason why we're not in the ASAP situation is because I think that if we have um, – we get to a point where Vicente needs to be replaced, I think we give Butlin an honest look before we think about saying, okay, we need a goalkeeper ASAP. So I think that the earliest for us may be – the summertime when we could say that we need to be looking for a new goalkeeper. I don't think we need to do anything this season in immediacy, unless we're talking about injuries or, you know, a, a drastic fall off in, uh, in, in quality from who we have already. Mm. Uh, talking about talking, of course, we're talking about a second goal <laughs> and this guy here is a goal scorer and it can't be a pilot show. You can't have a pilot show out there. Not just back of the nest, whatever pilot show you're doing. You can't have a pilot <laughs> show out there and not mention Conor Gallagher. I feel like it's impossible at this stage. Every single game that we play, this guy has to be mentioned because he always does something. 
He's always involved. And once again, I didn't mention it for the first goal, but his pressing was the reason that we managed to get the ball in the first, in the first place to pass Wilfred Zaha. And in the second goal, him going into the box when he shouldn't have done, and he admitted that after the game, is the reason why we got the second goal and buried it. He looks like he is loving life at Palace, just like Wilf is. But after this game, I've noticed it. Lots of neutral fans are saying, well, we could have Conor Gallagher. We could have... Con no, you can't have Conor Gallagher. We want him. But T, are you potentially worried about after all these games that Conor Gallagher's having, there's going to be more interest from other clubs and even Chelsea's going to notice as well for how much talent he is. Once again, what performance from Gallagher, but it is getting scary because he's playing so good and now others are noticing him. It's reminding me of a bit like Aaron Wan-Bissaka. When he first came onto the scene, mm -hmm. it took him a couple of games. It took him five or six games. And after that, everyone started noticing him. And that's how we got a transfer. With Gallagher, he seemed like he's playing his best football ever. I've never mm -hmm. seen him like this. He's so good on the ball. Mm -hmm. I, I think the thing that we have to realise is, you know, first and foremost, that, um, you know, we don't have a buy clause on him right now. You know, so um, I think come January, uh, I hope that um, our front office guys like Dougie are trying to see what can possibly be done if it's possible. You know, first of all, I mean, you know, you got to check and see if Chelsea's even interested in it. But I think at the end of the day for us, the thing that we have to be uh, understanding of is he's ours for the season. You know what I mean? And if another team wanted to try to come in in January and swoop them up, they got to go through us in some way, shape or form, first and foremost. Uh, but at, at, at when it's all said and done, he'll be with us to the end of the season. So um, my worry is that um, he'll do so well that we can't afford him. I think that's my biggest worry at this point is that he'll do so well that um, our chances of signing him will be uh, thrown out the door because of the, the asking price but if, in hearing from so many chelsea fans uh off of one post that i put up on uh on twitter apparently that you guys have both seen they are so sure that he will be staying at chelsea so we will you know, I mean, you know I Stan, Stan, how much is he valued because team mentioned there that his value is going to go up if he, mm -hmm. he's putting in these type of performances but right now how much do you think conor gaga is valued after 10 premier league games 40 mil 40 mil, so not any higher, not any so 40 mil on a spot. Yeah, he's, he, he's still a youngster, like, come on, like, he's not. Do you know what I mean? Like, to be the honest, the potential is got the potential mm. is there, don't get me wrong. But is he going to get a game at Chelsea, really and truly? Look at that midfield. Is he is he starting in that midfield every week? Loftus Cheek went back there, he's he's only just getting in there. Is is Connor Gallagher willing to wait three or four more years before he gets a game there? You know what's going to happen, or what could happen, John Texter. I'm telling you, I could see him just putting his hand in his pocket and paying the money. I can see him doing it, mate. He just, you just don't know. Like, I don't know if you've seen the guy on Twitter, but he doesn't ramp. He gives it as good as he gets. And he looks like there's a fair bit of backing behind him. So I would personally say, don't write us off in getting him permanently. I genuinely don't think, um, yeah. So, what's it called? Yeah, I genuinely don't think, um, yeah, that he's, uh, what's it called? That, that That is over and that he's going to be playing at Chelsea. Look at that midfield, mate. Like, he ain't getting a game in there. It's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be hard. I don't think anyone in that Chelsea, I, well, 
I can't say not anyone, but it's going to be hard for him to get consistent minutes uh, week in, week out. I think he will still have a role in that Chelsea squad right now, but it depends on what Gallagher wants. He, at Palace, we can guarantee him game time. And at bigger clubs right now, not only Chelsea, I'm not too sure any other clubs, can you actually guarantee him 90 minutes week in, week out? It's going to be difficult. So it depends on what Gallagher wants and it depends on how much Chelsea value him. If they're valuing 40 million, it's not going to be easy, is it? Spending mm -hmm. 40 million on a midfielder, Palace, it's, it's a bit too much. Um, but we will see how that one goes. Um, I'll be reading some more some more of your comments as always if you're enjoying it make sure to hit the like button and subscribe if you're new here it takes a second and helps us out massively and i'll be posting the link once again so if you want to come on and have your say then feel free as always you can show your webcam you can have your webcam off just um you can let us hear listen to your opinion rather than showing your face as well it's up to you whatever suits you best um jacob says we're going to talk about um joe uh, Whitworth coming through to start for us pretty soon. We don't need the goalkeeper. So, yeah, in the academy, we've got another young, talented goalkeeper that just, should be potentially coming in. Just going yeah. back to that goalie, going back to Guaita, I don't think goalkeeper is 100% where we need to be looking at the moment, but he was lucky. He was lucky on that equaliser. That got disallowed because mm -hmm. that ball from Foden, he needs to be coming and claiming that no problem. That was a floaty ball and he literally stood there and ball watched it. And that goes back to his MO or the the, the, the the weakness that people have been seeing in him is his inability to control his box, his inability to come and catch, his inability to distribute the ball. So, uh, unfortunately, the, the, the love that we developed for, for Vicente through the Roy Hassan era is now starting to be tested because of this different type of system that we in that we're in that calls for him to play differently. But listen, he's kept a clean sheet away at Man City. Hey, get no, a man's respect. Who exactly? Forget about winning at Man City. Who world class teams struggle to go to Man City and keep a clean sheet, let alone win. We managed yeah. to go there, win two 0 and kept a clean sheet which yep. was incredible in itself because we had a game plan and yep. it fell down to Vieira. Yes, we weren't pressing as we normally do, but you can't do that. When you go for man for man, City's bench can start for most Premier League teams. Like They have ridiculous amount of talent and depth in there. So Vieira yep. had a game plan. It was sensible and it did work out. And a clean sheet at the Etihad, crazy. Um, yes, we did have a bit of luck with the offside. I don't know if we count it as luck. Um, but we deserved it. We really deserved it because we've been so unfortunate over the last four to five games where we should have won games and in the last second of games, we just bottled it. So we do deserve these kind of lucks at times as well. And it does even out come end of the season. I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, and going back to what they were saying earlier about Joe Whitworth, that kid's really talented. He's just short. <laughs> I don't even know if that kid is six foot. So, I mean, if he gets any any taller, man, that kid could be a real talent come out of that academy. And I'm just yeah. saying, I know that we need to move on from the whole Roy Hudson thing, et cetera, et cetera. But when you saw Coyote and Ayu, you automatically thought we're sticking 11 men behind the ball because that's what he would have done with them there. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But mm -hmm. Vieira had a completely different game plan, whatever. Roy Hudson loses that game 5-0. Yeah, because we would have sat back, but I'm not too sure. I think tactically the players were aware. Like I've seen it when even when City had the goal kick, you saw when Ayu had his press triggers or Edward had his press triggers. When mm -hmm. he went to their right back or left back, 
then you saw it. Are you then pressed? Like, we mm-hmm. knew, tactically, we were well coached. Like, you saw yeah. it in that performance. Even though we did sit back like Roy Hodgson Woods, we knew what to do when we did have the ball. We were so clinical. We, didn't, we didn't really sit back. I mean, they're going to come at us. Do you know what I mean? We, like, had 11 man be- we had 11 men behind the ball at times. I know. I mean, they, there's nothing wrong with it. They're but, gonna, um, yeah. They're going to come back. They're going to come at us. Um, and, yeah, like, it's, what's it called? Like, you, you expect that. But I, I thought, honestly, I'm not getting carried away here. I thought that performance, man, like like I said, to a man, all of them, brilliant. It was, yeah, it was yeah. convincing, man. And, like, some of the like that's I think that's why I'm 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 building so much more admiration for Vieira as a manager is because of his tactics and how he sees the game and how he analyzes it and how he makes necessary changes and implementations uh, from game from, from match to match. I mean, uh, one of the things that I also noticed is like how you're talking about how they had their press triggers. If you noticed, we didn't press their center backs really hard. Mm. And a, I think a reason for that was because we were trying to use our midfield three to match their midfield three at all times. And if we if we if we tended to press up, we would give more outlets to those guys in the center, and we were trying to stop them from getting the ball. Um, See, CJ says exactly, it's a big performance. Uh, up, we were fantastic. Colin says it's not always about pressing just for the sake of it. We press at the right times and in mm-hmm. right areas, which frustrated yeah. City, stopped their game plan, kept our defense solid, but still able to put our game plan to use. Agree yep. with Colin there. Danny says, Please, lads, this is a transition season. Surely, the only thing we need to focus on this season is survival. I expect at least mid table finish, and anything more is a bonus. Surely, that's a realistic, in uh, um, yeah, I, I believe, I believe, is a realistic expectation. Um, I always thought this was a transition season, but Vieira's done wonders to make us play this type of football so early on. Um, the whole mentality around some of these players has been just focused on defending, defending, and defending, and Vieira's come in and changed that completely in a short span of time. Um, so you know, it's gonna just we're gonna have bumps, we're gonna have bumps on the road, and we've seen it already so far this season. We're gonna have moments where we concede last minute, we're gonna have moments where maybe Vieira gets it wrong, but it's all about you know getting the whole mentality right. Um, mm-hmm. sticking with a game plan and coaching these players to be the best they can be. And so far, we've done a great job, but yep. injuries will happen, unfortunately. Yep. That's 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 all part of it. Part of um, yeah, yeah. I'll be reading off more comments as well. Uh, Nick says, Hodgson was the last manager to beat Man City at the Etihad before Saturday. Uh, S33 says, I agree with Stan, we didn't sit back or back down from Man City. Um, before, so last City chat here, um, before we move on to the next topic, I want to talk about Joel Woods. I want mm. to talk about Joel Woods because... We talked about after the Newcastle game and me and Patrick agreed basically on the fact that Joe Ward, NBA system, he's not really suitable due to the fact that, you know, he can't, he's not the type of man to go and overlap, you know, IU or Elise. He hasn't really got in him to be a good attacking, um, overlapping fullback. But in these type of games, when you're defending for 90 minutes and, and both Mitchell and Wardy were just required to sit back, look at these stats. He had a he pocketed Jack Grealish worth hundred million pounds, and Joe Wood is one of our most underrated players out there. Clearances seven, block shots one, interceptions one, tackles two, ground jewels one four, aerial jewels one three. Joe Ward, what a game from him! So quick shout out to Woody there. But um, finally talking about valuation of players, I just want to move on to another player right now, and that is this man here, Mitchell, which I mentioned. We, I, 
it, it's come to a point where we talk about Gallagher, we talk about Zaha, and Mitchell just does a thing week in, week out. But um, T, you wanted to talk about Mitchell um, before the show. So how much do we value him? We had a little debate, me, uh, me you and Stan. Um, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's open it up. For you, Tyreek Mitchell, right now, how much is he valued? Because there were interests in the summer. Apparently, Arsenal were linked with him. But surely he's worth more than what Arsenal would be p- willing to pay for Mitchell right now, which is mm-hmm. what? I, I right now I'd say personally his value is by around 30, 30, 35 million for us right now. Um, I think he could be closer to that uh Aaron Wambasaka number at the end of the season because he's gonna have another full season under his belt and more than likely he's probably gonna be leading in a lot of categories similar to how he is right now. So that's where I would put it. Stan, you you rated him highly, nothing around the thirty million range. You might want to, you, you might as well just say it. Um, I agree. Your dog, your dog, your dog agrees as well. My dog agrees as well. It's like ten million, mate. Um, so how much do you value him? Honestly, how much was Ben White, bro? Or Ben Shite? Different position. Yeah, different position. But Wasn't he 50? 50, yeah, fifty. Eric Mitchell. 60 million. Whoa. And right not now. a penny less. Not a penny less, mate. Listen. But do you think clubs will be... Right now, let's say Mitchell, do you see a club going and paying Mitchell 60 million? And honestly, I don't. Um, yeah, but did you see might... AWB yeah. going for 50 to Man United? Did well, you see it? I didn't. No, no, no. Sorry, maybe difference... going for 25. Yeah, but the difference is with AWB, there was lots of hype at that moment. Because we were such a defensive side, AWD... AWB was the main focus because he was so good defensively. But in this side, you see it. People talking about Gallagher. People talking about Zaha. People talking about Edward. The focus, pe- people, you know, the casuals won't know about Mitchell as much. But people who watch football will know about Mitchell. But it's not quite there yet. Unless they'll watch Palace week in, week out. I don't right. think the hype is there with Mitchell as much as it was with Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And that kind of helps him with his valuation. Exactly the same. It was only towards the end of his last season or towards middle towards the end when he was really like getting plaudits, et cetera, et cetera. He was always great for us. If you watch them, um, if you watched him week in, week out, I'm telling you now, he is like, when I watch him, I'm like, man, like how good is he defensively? Like how good is he? No one gets past him. The only person who scored on him (laughs) is Salah. No one gets past him. The you know what the pundits and and others they need to get or start putting some respect on the name of Tyrick Mitchell, mate, because he is quality. And you know what he's you know what he's got the AWB hasn't didn't do ever assists mm. assists. Yeah, he, he's he, good. He puts, he's in, good he, puts in a, he, he puts in a good ball. But to be box, fair, though. to be fair with AWB. Um, the only real downside is that he didn't have Vieira as a manager. But even though, like, AWB wasn't great going forward, but maybe if AWB under Vieira, maybe he might go. Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard there to was, say. There, there was actually a comment. There was a comment that said something like that earlier. I can't remember who said it. Like, but earlier on, they said that he, the AWB, would really benefit from some Vieira coaching. Yeah. 
Um, mm. Lots of people, lots of people have been saying that. But look, that's enough for the city chat. Uh, let's quickly move on to Palace news. I know Stan, you have to head off in just a second. Um, mm-hmm. But if you guys want to come on and have your say, I'll be posting the link once again. Do you agree with us? How much is Tyreek Mitchell worth right now? Personally, I can see clubs paying thirty million for him. But right now, we don't have to sell Mitchell. He's doing no. his job. Um, so we can value him as highly as we can, just like with Wilf, you know, we could have easily sold Wilf. There was interest there, but clubs didn't match our valuation. And with Mitchell, we've got talent there. He just does his job and that's it. He goes home, rests, and then he comes back, does his job. We don't even have to talk about him as much. But yeah, I think £30 million clubs might be willing to pay for that. But as Stan said, I think Palace might value him a bit higher. I'm not too sure about £60 million. Sounds a lot, but we'll see. Um, I'll be posting the link right now once again if you want to click on it. Have your say. You don't have to have your webcam on. You can just have your voice um, joining without your webcam. Feel free. I'll be reading out some more comments. But let's move on to Palace News now. And with Palace News, he is back. <laughs> Everichi Eze is back at Palace um, playing football. He featured for the under-23s as a loss to Blackburn Rovers. He played only around 60 minutes mm. Um but, you know, it is a massive relief to have him back at the club. Uh, Stan, what did you make of his, um, you know, performance? I think you not... Yeah, I think... Did you watch it, Stan or T? I think you'll see that watch it. Yeah. Yeah, what, what do you make of his performance coming back? I didn't watch it, um, but I've heard a few snippets. I heard he was... He, he, he was he as was do you know what I mean? A touch here, touch there, cut inside, shot from the edge of the box, you know, like... It's going to take him some time, mate, but it's just another one. You've got him in the side. You can start him. You, he can come off the bench. Like, he's he's another one who's a great player. So, it's exciting times, man. I'm starting to think of we got too many too many attacking players. Like, where are we going to fit all these guys, you know? But it's a luxury problem. I'll man. tell you where yeah. we can fit them in a European competition, Stan. We keep going. <laughs> Push up the table, get more yes, games, sir. and then you'll find keep a game going. like that. Keep but going. Jokes aside, jokes aside, T, mm-hmm. where does Eze fit now? Do you think it's just going to be a case of right now, so far this season, with our attacking players, I think pretty much all of them have been solid for us. Um, really and you got Elisa knocking on the door for, for to play on the right-hand side. So mm-hmm. is it going to be a case of for Eze, he just has to wait for his turn? Uh I think it could it could be a little bit of that, but at the same time, man, I man, like he's the kind of he's the kind of kid that you, you just don't want to keep out of the lineup, man. Like I think you know you can bring. I mean, honestly, you know you do have the the um, the luxury of bringing him back in slowly, so it's not anything that's going to be uh, very pressing right away. Um, but eventually, man, I think he's 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 going to be too hard not to be putting into the lineup, man. Honestly, I mean, with that type of talent. Yeah, we've got a comment here from Brad. He says, "I don't think we need to buy a lot at um, buy a lot if at all in January. There'll be another push for players in summer. There's such a good feel factor at Palace. I live in Norwich. My mates here, in Norwich. Uh, my mates here in Norwich are impressed." Says mm-hmm. Brad. Uh, talking about transfer business, we're reaching that time because mm-hmm. we've had we're, we're hearing rumors. We're hearing rumors that JP Jean-Philippe Mateta might be leaving Crystal Palace in the upcoming window, according to um, I don't know how to pronounce pronounce this. I'm sorry if I pronounce it wrong, but according to the source 
build blid blid um, <laughs> yeah blid um apparently Vieira has informed the striker that he is not in his plans my sporting director has said the following as well the contract is clear meteta has a contract with palace until june 2022 from the sporting point of view it also seems to be clear he can leave the club in the winter this only happens with our consent t jp look he hasn't really had the chance at Palace. Um, he had the, he had the, he had his chance with Roy Hodgson when he played him in the Brighton game and he scored that amazing flick. Um, but actually, let me rephrase that. He has had limited opportunities, but in them limited opportunities, he hasn't really looked that good. Um, mm. Are you surprised by this news that he might be potentially leaving a club in January window? Surprised? No, not surprised because I think everybody felt that this could be an inevitable conclusion when we were able to sign Edward. Um, with Benteke re-signing even before we got Edward and then adding a guy like that, it's kind of like, okay, we put two and two together, two and two equals him being the third choice and probably not being here very much longer. Um, now, in what form is the difference? How long he will be here is the difference. Does Do we let him go in January and try to do some some other business, bring in some other players? Or, you know, do we just hold on to him for uh, for cover until the summertime when his loan is up and he inevitably leaves? Uh, so I, I kind of think it's that that was always the, the storyline. We just didn't know exactly how it would play out. Um, the fact that he may be leaving in January and based on reading things, Mainz don't want him back. They don't want him. Back. <laughs> no one wants him. I feel bad for the guy. And, and, I and, and, love, and at no this one... point, at, at this yeah. point, it sounds like Mike's just wants money for him. They we, they just want some to 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 receive some type of compensation. So I could see this going one of two ways. I think it could end up being kind of like an Alexander Sorloff uh, situation where we end up having to find someone to sell him to, and we get a piece of that, and so does Mike's. Or we hold on to him until the summertime when his contract, when when his loan is up, and rather than paying the what was it like thirteen or fourteen million, I want to say that we were originally supposed to pay, we get a cut rate deal on him. We've got obligation, so I believe it's around fifteen games. If he plays fifteen if games for Palace, starts. If he starts, but we but you know, if it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I don't know how many games he's on right now. I should have three. Should have checked it. Before. Are you sure? He started, three? Yes, he started. I, I read it the other day. He started three games. But what so, I'm saying is, I'm are, saying you sure is are you sure it starts? Because yes, I heard someone say he's only got two, starts. three more games left till they were saying it was the start. close kicks in. They were saying it was starts. If it was just games played, yeah. But from from what I've kept, I've read in, in like two or three different articles, it's actual starts for us. In that case, it's only been three. But if we were to hold on to him and, and not meet that obligation. Then when his loan ends, at that point, we could probably try and buy him for a cut rate rather than that 15 that we would have to buy him for. You know what I mean? Because like I said, Mike just wants the money, wants some money for him. So at this point, it's like, why, why, why fulfill the obligation and have to pay them 15 when we can just have him here for the rest of the season, have him not meet the obligation, and then them be on the verge of not getting any money for him at all and having to take him back and his salary. And we say, okay, well, we'll give you seven. Yeah. And they'll say, okay, we'll, we'll take that. We just, we just don't want to lose any, anything, everything. So, Well, Colin asks, 
which striker would we replace with JP if he was to leave? Do you think there's a case of if JP was to go, we need to bring in another striker to replace him? Or do you think we've got enough depth at the squad currently? Because we saw it. Could Wilf be potentially playing out front more games after his City performance? Um, I think you can see it go, going either way. Um, you could see us standing pat with, uh, with, with the guys that we have. Um, because I think that, you know, if one of the injury was to happen to either say, God forbid, but to Benteke or Edward and one of them, you know, swaps out and replaces the other, or, you know, then you also have being able to put Wolf up there. So in, in essence, we may not need another striker. Um, but you know, who knows how, um, Vieira may feel or how Dougie may feel. Maybe they want to bring in another striker. Um, if I was to bring in another striker, it would probably be either um, Daryl DK from Orlando City, mm. or my my, us as well. my dark horse guy who I really like a lot is uh, Tarim Mofi from uh, Lorient in uh, Ligue 1. So, so you think we, if we were to bring in replacements, you, you think we'll have to bring it from the outside? But Gareth says, um, I saw a comment from Gareth. Yeah, yeah he says we already have a replacement. Omilabi, so he thinks that maybe one of the academy players could be coming up and you know trying to play in his place, but I'm not too sure if Omilabu's five foot eight. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah, not too sure if he would be a center, replaced. Not a, yeah. not a center four. I mean, he hasn't played one well, game in center four for the U23s yet. I mean, if we're gonna bring up Rob Street, cool. Mm, but I'm not whatever. too sure. Yeah, I'm I, mean, not I don't too think sure he, I don't think he's ready. Mm. I don't think he's ready. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be ready anytime soon. But. I think it'll yeah. be him before only Labu. So we've got more comments. So Lewis says, as soon as we signed Eddie, um, then it was over for JP. Agree mm-hmm. with you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, PP says, would like to see have uh, would like to have seen more of JP. Brighton goal was amazing. He's, he's always going to be a legend for that Brighton goal. <laughs> yeah. He's always going to be remembered for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, JP, um, S3 says, no, we should hold on to him. So he thinks that JP should be staying at the club. Gareth asks, um, talking about transfers, should Jaira go in January too. I'm surprised about it because I thought Jairo in Vieira's system, he would have more opportunities, but mm-hmm. he's played in Chelsea game. He's had a couple other appearances as well, but it doesn't seem like he's quite in Jairo's plan. And I'm just wondering how long do you keep him? Because you got Will Hughes there. Is Jairo above Will Hughes in the pecking order? It's a bit confusing, but what have you made of Jairo's situation so far at Palace? He's all this hype. Um, you know, he's going to be a great midfielder. He's got the technical abilities, but it hasn't quite worked out for him. I think the, the biggest issue for Gyro right now is that he's simply not the best at any of the central midfield positions that we have. Um, me and Patrick talked about this too. Like between the three midfield positions that we have right now, they're all kind of very, they all have like a, a little bit of a difference between them. You know, right now, Connor's kind of more in the advanced midfielder role where he gets forward more often, looks looks for goal scoring and assist opportunities. Maka is your true box-to-box midfielder. And then whoever we have back there, whether it be um, Luca or uh, Kuyate, is more of your traditional CDM, your traditional six type of guy. You know, um, and the problem is for Gyro right now, Gyro is really, really versatile. Um, he's a great passer, you know. He he's he's got good. Did I pretty, back too? Yeah, he's got really good mobility. But the thing is, he, he, of of what we have, he's probably 
not the best box-to-box guy. He's not fast enough. He doesn't have the same work rate that a Maka or a, a Connor Gallagher has. Yeah. Therefore, he's not going to see the pitch ahead of them. And when it comes to that that CDM role, he lacks the defensive abilities that it takes mm-hmm. to really fulfill that role. So he's kind of, he just he's in a hard spot right now because he's a good midfielder, but he just doesn't excel enough to be better than any in, in, in any of those one positions in our midfield right now than any of those other guys. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, now Shalov. There's an inside joke out back of the nest about Shalov that Heskiff has been talking about for years from the preview podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, he's going to get blocked. Now I'm chatting Heskiff. <laughs> we're not getting, <laughs> we're not talking about Shalov on this show. Yeah, you might be talking about on the preview show, which you can go watch, um, not watch, you can look, go and listen to. It should be out. Um, probably Thursday said, evening or Wednesday said, evening. But yeah, so, yeah, you absolutely love him, and he's your yeah. idea signing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just a reminder as well, we're live on Palace. If this is your first time listening and watching to us, whether you're listening or watching, it might be podcast you're listening to. But every Tuesday at seven p.m. around seven fifteen to seven p.m., we are always live. So make sure to come here on Tuesday nights absolutely. to share your thoughts. Um, Colin says Rob Street has been confident in his finishing, just whether he's at that level as rest players. Um, Nick says I want Kalov too, and that's why he's gonna get blocked as well. <laughs> and to be fair, who Heskiv, you talk about Shalov, but where is he? Like, what is he doing? He was linked with us once. No, what is I, I don't, don't even want... know what he's been doing now. Let me let me look him up. Is he even playing football? I'm not even too sure if he's even playing football. Um, but talking about some um, some more summer signings, etc. We've we've got we've got the question that was coming up as well. Do we need to buy any players in January, T? Need? Because you have to keep the squad, no. you have to keep the squad fresh as well. Think, like, you... yeah, I don't think we need to buy anyone. I think, um, I think the only place that I could see a need for us at this point, And I guess this depends on the confidence that we have in our youth would be left back. Just because, you know, I think it's important for us to have that cover there for, for, for Tyreek Mitchell. I'm not talking about bringing anybody in that's going to start into our starting 11 as far as need. But uh, I guess out of all the positions, that is the position that really doesn't have, like, the obvious next guy up right now. Um, I know that we've in the past, you know, flipped and put um, Joel Ward on that left side and you could bring in somebody like, uh, Klein on the right, but um, I think um, in a lot of ways that that'll that'll hurt us pretty significantly as far as um, what we're able to do um, on that left side. So I think if anything, I think some left back cover would probably be the most glaring area of need um, for us in general. I, I think I don't know about left back. This is gonna sound this is gonna sound controversial, maybe, but. If we're talking about where we can strengthen the squads, Woody's done great. But as I've said earlier on in the show, if he wasn't listening, he doesn't really suit Vieira's system in terms of being that attacking fullback. No, he's mm. done a decent job for us, but I think we can improve in that area. But whether that's in January, whether there's an opportunity there, then maybe we can go for it. But we've also got Nathan Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why. Dream. I didn't, no, that's why I didn't dream. think. That's why I didn't think right back was a position of need because, you know, if, if we're really looking to be more attacking on that right side, you can play Nathaniel Klein until we get 
Nathan Ferguson back. I mean, Nathaniel Klein looked really good in that U23 game. We didn't talk about him, but he looked really good in that U23 game, like Danny Alves-esque, you know, that type of, of, of game. But, Danny you know, Alves-esque, Jesus. Amen. Well, he's playing, amen. He's he playing against good. kids. Well, exactly. I, and, and that's probably uh, why you look like Danny Alves. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, I mean, we have covered there. We have guys that we can put there. And Plus, I wouldn't want us to bring in somebody else at right back and then – completely signal that we have no confidence in, in, in Nathan Ferguson. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we should at least give him a due chance to get out there on the, on the pitch. And um, especially with now, I, I hate to say it, but things are different with our recoveries for our players right now. Whether you want to believe it or not, when it comes to how our players are recovering and, 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 and the amount of players that are and aren't getting hurt, it's very different from the way it's used to be. So I want to give Nathan Ferguson that chance to come back and show that he is okay and can come back and, and, and really ball. I like, yeah, I like the underdog um, mentality. I, I, I like it. With Ferguson, no one, I think pretty much, major, not majority, but loads of Palace fans have already wrote him off. You know, he because he hasn't played a game, they're saying he's too injury-prone. I would love it if Ferguson just came back from all these injuries and just kicked on. Um, so I'll be reading some more of your comments before we talk about the Wolves game a bit. So film review show quickly. Um, T, what do you think about it? Is JP a bad signing or not giving enough time in the new league? I don't think he's a bad signing um, because, I mean, he was a loan that we got for a little bit of nothing. I mean, now if we would have paid 15 million for him up front, he would have been a bad signing. You know what I mean? Um, the thing about loans is they're, 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 I think the, the way that they're constructed is for this type of reason, you loan a guy out to see if he can have success, to see how he can do somewhere. And if it works out, that team can buy him. If not, he got to go back. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't say it's been a bad move. It just hasn't been as ideal of a situation as we hoped it would be. I think we wanted the Mateta move to be to, to really come good the way that the Edward move has been this season so far. Mm. Zan says no room for Raksaki now that we have Elise fit. I, I'm, I've been on a Raksaki train for a while now, and mm-hmm. I think he's 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 a massive, massive. He's gonna well, I thought it would be a massive player for us, but I'm not too sure where it fits in. You've got Eze coming back as well. It's going to be quite difficult for him. And mm-hmm. I wonder if he goes out on loan in January. Um, S3 says, yes, D, we need to buy a goalkeeper and a centre-back. Two young players. PP says, buy Aaron Bissaka back. Jay says, I don't <laughs> think Rob Tree is actually good enough for first team, but I hope I'm wrong. Raksaki deserves a chance for sure. James says, Gallagher leaving and Maka getting on, so box to box maybe. Uh, PP says, Jess is brilliant. Um... Louis says, I reckon we need um, more backup players than starting 11. So a bit more squad depth improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, squad depth. Uh, yep. Colin says, we would um, would like to see a couple more defensive cover. Feel we, we're a bit short in that department. Attacking-wise, we don't need no one other than maybe a striker if JP leaves. Joseph says, how long do you think White has left in him? Will we be looking for a new co- um, goalkeeper in the summer? Well, we've seen it so far this season. I don't think he's had a particularly bad season, but <clears throat> in terms of playing out from the back, that's not his forte. Like, he, he yeah. does struggle with that. And I'm not too sure how long he's left in him. I feel like he can still be a decent backup goalkeeper. But maybe in the future, not right now, I think we've got other areas that we can improve on other than mm-hmm. goalkeeper at this current moment. But in the future, we 
we will ideally need to look to bring in a goalkeeper who's more comfortable on his feet than Vicente. But mm. I don't think, um, you know, we've got major problems with Vicente today. It's not Hennessy level, let's just say that. Um, Gareth says we haven't seen Ferguson yet. Nick says um, after we buy Connor, we won't be able to afford anyone else in January. <laughs> hey, um, I'll be fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Palace uh, 14.39 says ball, uh, backup ball playing centre half still needed. Uh, younger player says Andy as well. Less time compared to the older players to recover, maybe. And Dave asks, where do you think we could finish this season? So, T, we've been talking about European spots and we are getting carried away. We are, I'll admit it, but we can, we deserve it, man. We, we just be city. Let's just get carried away for one week. But realistically, mm-hmm. where do you think we can finish the season? And has it changed um, after seeing our performances in these first 10 games, considering uh, maybe you might have had different expectations at the start of the season to now? realistically from the first 10 games and how we performed and where we're progressing to added to the performance of the teams that are currently ahead of us. I still think we could be seven through 10. I truly believe this. Um, And, and I wouldn't be surprised if seven and eight end up being European positions because of uh, teams in higher above in the, uh, in the standings winning something like the FA cup and, you know, a, a spot sliding down. So I, I, I honestly believe we can be top half um, at the end of I the think season. We yeah, we got a de- Well, we got to call it in the squad to be top 10. We have, I the, think European the, squad, places, we have the ability yeah. to we play a great system. I think, you know? I think it depends on injuries and also yeah. there's some mm-hmm. quality teams in the league this season. The league is very tight. So I don't think it's easy to finish in European sports. And if we do, I think it'll be amazing. But yeah, I don't think it'd be easy at all. I mean, I, I, it's definitely the most, it, it's definitely the most optimal outcome. That's like, yeah, us. that would be amazing. You know what I'm saying? And, when I, that, and that's why you say seven through 10. Uh, you know, that's that's the, the the realism of that area. You know, it's a very it's it, I guess for us, it's a very different um, remainder of the season for us. If we finish seventh compared to the remainder of the season, if we finish 10th. Well, Conor Gallagher, best ever Gallagher says we're winning the double boys. <laughs> so he's talking about FA Cup and I guess he's talking about the league as well. Um, Jay says Dean Henderson for 20 million or lower than... Yeah, Dean Henderson's actually a shout. Um, but I'm not too sure what United are going to do with him. But it's let's talk question. about the game on Saturday. And mm-hmm. T, for me, this game is massive. Because when you look at a run of games, mm-hmm. we've got some winnable games coming mm-hmm. up. We've had a difficult start to the season. And... I think consistency is needed. Yes, we performed well against tough oppositions, but against Wolves, and it's not going to be easy. They're coming off an impressive 2-1 win over Everton. They absolutely destroyed them in the first half. In the mm-hmm. second half, Everton got into it a bit more. But you have to, at this stage, surely build... You know, you have to try and get more points on board and try and win these games at home to build a bit more momentum and absolutely. have a bit more consistency in the side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um I would say that uh, the, the the match between Everton and um, Wolves was the first time I got to see Wolves play a full match um, since uh, since uh, fucking yeah Nuno was there. It was my first time seeing them actually play a full match, and they looked good. They looked good. I give them that. They look really good, especially especially um, moving the football around. Um, I think it's going to be a really really good game. Uh, on Saturday, I think it's going to be 
um, a really nice game on the eyes too, as far as uh, teamwork, ball movement, um, that type of thing. I think it'll be an entertaining game. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. James says, can't wait for a back of the next vlog from Albania next season. I would love it. I don't even care if we're in a conference league. Away days in uh, Euro, like, uh, European countries, I'm all for it, man. I don't care why I'm going Gibraltar, Albania. I don't care. Just bring me, just, Palace away on a European tour. Exactly. Just, <laughs> just put me there and I'm there, 100%. Um, mm. Nick says, we are as good, if not better, than West Ham. And look where they are. Um, Colin says, Wolves have a game in week and against us weekend. So hopefully that'll help with a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are sending the score predictions, which I'll be reading out a bit later. But before we talk about score predictions, I want to talk about the lineup. Because in this game, personally, even though we talked about <clears throat> Jordan Ayu having a solid game in terms of tracking back mm-hmm. and Che Gukiate filling in the pockets and not allowing Man City players to get in behind. In this game, you have to change it up. As we yeah. change it up after a Newcastle game with Elise so. dropping and Ayu coming in, this so. is the type of game where we should be keeping the ball a bit more, especially more than the City game. We should be mm-hmm. trying to be on the front foot. Mm-hmm. And for me, personally, I think Olise comes back into the side. And I'm not too sure whether Lucas steps in because Lucas is a better passer than Kuyate, even though Kuyate is a better defender. In terms mm-hmm. of lineup changes, how do you think Vieira is going to approach this one? Um, I agree with the the, the change with Olise, for sure. Um Man, that 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 Kuyate Luca move could go either way. It really could. Um, but if I had to guess, I would think that they would play Luca. Um, I don't think that we have to worry as much about their attacking prowess um, as far as our two center backs are concerned with what they have coming forward. I think they'll be all right. Um, and I, I'm really interested to see what they want to do between um, Zaha, Edward at, uh, in the front. You know, if they want to stick with keeping Zaha through the what middle. What would you do? Do you think Zaha should start through the middle? Does Benteke come into the side? Is Edward through the middle? Because they play their back three. So they had a back they, three against Everton. They play, and they've they been on form back, as well. They play a back three. And it was uh, Saiz. It was um, Cody, Cody uh, Kilman. and Kilman. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. We're going to also have the opposition preview coming out on Thursday, so make sure to if, check that if, as well. If, if they're a back three, I'm going to play Wolf out wide. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll put Edward through the middle. Because then, with a back three, Wolf can play through the channels. Um, And with the, if it was only two at the back, he plays through that middle channel. But now... With three at the back, he can play with through that channel on that left hand side. So I, I'd probably put uh, Edward through the middle and put Wilf on the left. Me personally. Yeah. Look, we've been running over time, but after the city game, you can't really blame us, can you? After talking about what happened then, but we'll quickly wrap it up um, with the score prediction in just a second. James says Wang scares me. I can't lie. Yes, Wolves have got quality. They started the season off slow. But mm-hmm. finally, they've got things clicking. And it's not going to be an easy game. I think it should be a very exciting game. I wonder how Vieira approaches this one because they're going to yeah. be having a back three. So are we going to change our formation? Are we going to match them up? I'm not too sure. I think it should be an exciting game. And Wang is a player that... Huh, and him and us as well, he's back there. His hold-up play was good against Everton. It's not going to be easy at all. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens with that. But score prediction. Before I get your one, T, I'll be reading out some 
Some of the people in the comment sections, Gay says 2-1 Palace, Louis says 3-1 Palace, S3 says 4-0, 4 nil. 4 nil. Um, Colin says 4-3-1, Wait a minute, Edward. that's what your boy Patrick said, that's what the Oracle said, 4-0. 4 nil. <laughs> That's what the oracle says. Colin says going for a 3-1 win. Edward, Elise, and Gallagher. Um, uh, Jay says, imagine Solos under the lights in Europa League. Uh, keep sending your score predictions. There's so many comments. I'll be trying to read. Jeez, we optimistic, Five. boys. 5-0. Five Five. Shane says 3-1. I'm telling you, Everton, not Everton, Wolves, they're no, you know... I know we played good against City, but I'm expecting a difficult game. I really am. And we posted a tweet out on back of the net, so make sure to check out um, our social medias as well. And we asked people what they think, uh, how many points we're going to pick up in the next five games. And in a Wolves game, for me personally, as much as I want us to build a momentum and consistency, I think a draw could happen. I mean, I'm not going to downplay Wolves. They're a very mm. good side. But T... Uh, what do you think? How is it going to go? Are you optimistic like the chat? I like, I like the optimism, by the way. Keep, keep sending your optimistic score predictions. But do you think it's going to go like 5-0, 4-1? Or is it going to be a bit more tighter than that? I'm going 2-1, Palace. You scoring? Um, for us, it's going to be uh, Edward and Zaha. It'll be uh, another assist from Olise. Hmm. Matter of fact, I'm gonna go still go two one and I'm gonna go um I'm gonna go Edward and Eze. Ben take you off the bench. Eze nah it's too soon. I'm trying to tell you it's it's a it's a, it's a movie, baby. It's gonna be his first, <laughs> game, his first game at Selhurst. He's gonna come off the bench. Yeah. Michael Olisa is gonna create something really nice. Playing it to the center. Don't do this yourself, T. It's too soon. To I love you. it, I'm but it's too soon. You. I'm trying to tell you. Like, it's... comment, subscribe. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon. I think with Eze, even he played 60 minutes for the under 23s. I think it's going to still take a bit of time. And even at this point for Eze, it's nothing about his performances. I didn't mention this when we talked about Eze, but it's nothing about his performances. Right now, Eze is all about building match fitness and building confidence. He hasn't kicked the ball for a very long time. So I doubt Vieira would rush him, but I love the I, I love it. I love the positive. I love the positive energy right now. Ez is gonna come and score. I don't think he's even gonna be in the squad. I'll be real, but we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> finally, before we wrap this up, um, Shane says, "What about Will Hughes? Is he injured or what?" I'll quickly answer that. So um, there was a report out there from Football London suggesting that he picked up a minor back injury yeah, before the City game. Yeah. So yeah, so that's why he was not involved in the City game, but. Um, I reckon he might be on the bench for the Wolverhampton game. And yeah, so we should be seeing him in the squad relatively soon if it's nothing too serious. So last bit of score predictions. Um, film review show changes it from 5-0 to 5-1. Consolation. Um, <laughs> and that yeah. one goal, their one goal, their 2-1, their one goal is going to come from a set piece. Justin says 3-2. Errol says 3-1 Palace, 2-0 Palace, uh, premature Eze. Eze, oh my. Uh, I don't know if I should even say that at this point, yeah. but nice, nice from Nick. If you can read it, if you're listening, if you're listening to us on a podcast, I don't know if you're, yeah, ejaculation from T. Um, nice one, Nick. Nick loves his jokes. 
Jason seven nil. At this point, you know, for the city game, we were all saying four one city, three nil city. At this point, don't be surprised if Wolves go there and beats us like they beat us like one nil or something away from home. <laughs> this is what happens when we're overconfident. Um, but look, as always, that was a privilege. Thank you to T. Thank you to Stan. Thank you to everyone who joined us, leaving your comments, listening to us, watching us. Um, it's always a pleasure. Um, Nick as well, and you know. We're always here, Tuesdays, 7 o'clock, 7.15. It's always a pleasure talking about Palace. We're loving that right now. And also, thank you for all your support over the weekend and Absolutely. to everyone who's new to the channel as well. We appreciate your um, your comments as always. We try to reply back to them as much as we can, as quickly as we can. Um, we'll be coming um, here once again next Tuesday, as I said, at 7 p.m. But there'll be opposition preview coming out on Thursday. There'll be the live match reaction show. There'll be my reaction. There'll be in the stand. There'll be player ratings. There's loads of, loads of content coming up at back of the nest. As always, thank you. And until next time, up the palace. Up it, baby. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.